Welcome to another episode of Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM, where we dissect topics and issues relating to life in veterinary school. I'm your host, Seth Williams, and I'm a veterinary student at the University of Missouri College of Veterinary Medicine. Today on the podcast, I'm thrilled to welcome a powerhouse of marketing knowledge, Brandon Brashears. Brandon is a marketing consultant for the veterinary industry, and he works with practices across the country to improve their marketing and use of social media. He's based out of Southern California, and I wanted to have Brandon on the podcast today to share some of his insight and advice on what we as veterinary students can be doing right now to market ourselves and create a personal brand so that we can set ourselves up for as much success as possible as we enter into the veterinary profession as doctors. How's it going, Brandon? Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Seth. I really appreciate it. No problem. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast, and I'll give you a chance to kind of put in a little plug about what you do um, with yours. But I wanted to first start off by just having you give a bit of an intro for yourself so we can uh, share with everyone listening kind of what your background is. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Uh, my name is Brandon Brashears. I am the host of the Veterinary Marketing Podcast, and I talk about digital marketing for veterinary practices there. Um, so everything from SEO to social media and just based around how to grow your veterinary practice with digital marketing. So I started that about three years ago. Um, I have about 10 years of digital marketing experience. I got into uh, the veterinary industry just kind of a roundabout way um, through a friend who had started a software company. Um, he needed help marketing it, and so I helped marketing it. We decided to focus on veterinary-specific um, niche. And as we got into doing work with veterinary practices, I found that veterinary practices were terrible at marketing, and they mm-hmm. needed a lot of help with it. So. I mean, we had clients who wanted to use our software but didn't even have a computer or internet in their practice. Wow. So we literally sent them a computer so they could get started. And um, and I, was, I decided that I loved marketing and I wanted to just basically share it with the veterinary industry. And so that's kind of how I got started. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that there is a huge market for <laughs> For what you do out there, because because like you said, and from what I've seen in the industry, at least with some of the older generation veterinarians, they are a bit slow to take on to the whole technology thing, and let alone business and marketing. So, um, thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> thank you, and I, I really enjoy your podcast too. It's it's fantastic. Great, appreciate it. So, um, after you know, having listened to your podcast for the past year or so, once I once I found it. Um, I really wanted to have you on so that you could share some some of your expertise for the vet student community and for the for the new graduate community too about what we can be doing to market ourselves um, personally and creating a brand and setting us up for the most success possible for when we're looking for a job or when we are moving from job to job or even just being a first or second year veterinary student and trying to maybe create a brand for ourselves or just get our name out there in the community. So um, so to start off with that, um, I guess we'll start with the kind of the most broad aspect of it is what do you think we as vet students can be doing, be it a first year vet student, a third or fourth year vet student, to start to market ourselves as a veterinarian or, or however we would like to start becoming a brand um, for ourselves? That's a great question. I think that Um, One of the biggest things that you can do is to actually become a practitioner and a user of all of the social networks. 
and also blogging and content creation in general. So um, start to create content and figure out how people use social media channels and then how they engage and, and how stories are told across each one of those social media channels. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, what marketers do is they find out how people engage, or good marketers at least, they find out how people engage on each different social media channel. So, you know, for example, Twitter is extremely different than Facebook and Facebook is extremely different than Instagram. Instagram has some similarities to Snapchat, but they're definitely different. And so right. using these from a professional model, trying to acquire clients or um, that's ultimately what a vet practice will be using this, these channels for. And so, um, and staying in front of clients and other things like that. But if you're not using these social media channels and actually considering how people use them, how you're using them, how your friends are using them, um, you're not going to be able to kind of be relevant when you decide that you want to start using them. And so it's really important to understand kind of the nuances between each channel and how they work, what kind of content works for each channel, and then also what kind of channels that you like. You know, not everybody likes Twitter, not everybody likes Facebook. So what channels do you like? And then explore those channels for sure. Right. So are there any any specific channels that you'd recommend getting into first or maybe focusing more heavily on in the beginning? So Facebook is very important from a business standpoint if you're going to ever own a practice. Well, at least it is right now. Um, In 10 years, Mm -hmm. who knows? But my guess is, I mean, Facebook is innovating their ad products and their business services at a crazy speed that I expect that they'll continue to stay in the forefront of um, business reach and things. And they also own Instagram. So all of the ad ad platforms for Facebook and Instagram are the same. So... um, I think that Facebook is important for sure. Uh, also, Instagram is very important. And then um, I would say Snapchat is also important, especially because a lot of the older generation have no idea how to use Snapchat or what it's all about. And they see benefits to that. So as new things come out and become more popular, um, younger people typically will have an advantage and and veterinary practices seem like they're starting to come around to the point where they want to start being involved in this conversation because their clients are spending time there and so they're not sure how to engage there and so likely by default you're going to be the youngest person in practice and so they'll just kind of ask you how to do that maybe you're you know another staff member but um having those skills in practice that you could say here's how this works and here's how we could use it that would be very valuable to a, a practice owner i think Right. Now, let me let me take a quick detour a little bit off the veterinary topic, but I wanted to ask you your opinion on Twitter. Um, I know personally for me, I haven't found a lot of return on my time investment with Twitter in terms of just me putting content out there, finding stuff that I like to read. I wasn't sure what your opinion was in terms of where you think Twitter's going, at least with with our industry, with our generation. Am I completely off by saying that Twitter is losing popularity in terms of its competition with say Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat. I think Twitter is definitely losing the war in popularity. It's, I believe always going to be relevant just because you have access to large famous brands, like, you know, specifically people, Um, especially president Trump is, uh, keeping that, (laughs) 
social media channel afloat single-handedly because uh everybody's watching exactly what he tweets all the time um right who knows if it would still be alive if it weren't for, <laughs> for president trump exactly so um i mean there's a lot of positives about it for sure i think too if you're trying to reach out to anybody if you're looking for well it, it depends if you're looking for mentors who are more well known on mm-hmm. the channel i think that's a good spot if you're looking to connect with people who you know are on there once a week or or less it's probably not the best channel to to go right. out there and network on um i think having a presence there is good but i think if you don't love it and you're not going to spend the time to do it i really wouldn't worry too much about it um and that's one thing that i think that people will advocate is that you have to be everywhere especially in the mm-hmm. digital marketing space you have to be everywhere you have to be doing everything all at once and it becomes overwhelming so find what you like and what you'll because what you like is what you'll actually do and so you know um if you hate twitter and you hate the way that it works and the engagement isn't working for you then you don't have to do it for sure and got it don't let the fear of missing out yeah make you stick around good that's great advice um okay so on to my next question for you what are your recommendations in terms of do's and don'ts of what we do um, as veterinary students, as new vets, as just people on social media. So one thing that you shouldn't do is take pictures of pets without the knowledge and consent and typically written consent. So don't go into a practice and just start taking pictures on your Instagram account and posting it out there or pictures of surgery or, you know, anything without the written consent of the owner and also you need the consent of the practice owner too so make sure that any kind of documentation that you're doing in your practice it needs to be agreed upon beforehand not um after because if you post content that's um going to put you in a a bad position you're not gonna you definitely want to have permission to do that from everybody and buy-in so if you're going to be doing any kind of documentation make sure that you have buy-in to do it for sure. That's, that's one thing. And with your own personal brand, um, have it be as professional as possible. If you are going and targeting a veterinary specific office, I mean, a veterinary specific audience, then it's a lot easier to do things that are possibly more gruesome than you would normally be posting out there. Right. So right. make sure that you know who your audience is. If you're looking towards consumers, you know, don't post gory surgery pictures, but make sure that you know who your audience is and that you're posting appropriate things for them. Right. And then let's say on the flip side of this, that you really aren't interested in creating a, say a professional type brand for you on social media. You're just going to be the, the average casual user, be it even a a heavy user of social media, but you don't really care about, um, you know, making a brand for yourself as a veterinarian while you're, while you're studying to become a veterinarian. What are your thoughts in terms of how much, we should be worrying about what our future employers are looking at in terms of our social media. I know that sometimes if you, you're applying for a, a job, or if you're applying to college, you would then make some type of alias for yourself on Facebook or, or whatever it was so that you could hide um, things that weren't like bad or illegal, obviously, but things you didn't want those, those people deciding on a job or a college or, or whatever it was to see. Um, is that something that we should be keeping in mind, at least uh, when we're getting ready to graduate or let alone in general? I think that um, it's important to maintain 
professional you know social media channels especially when you're looking for jobs so possibly just changing permissions on all of your personal accounts if you have anything that you consider compromising um, would be good so you can change the uh, you know who can see your content type thing mm-hmm. um, on all of your channels and then making sure that you're posting things that are appropriate um, things that really stick out that people don't like to see are complaining specifically about work. A lot of people vent on Facebook, um, see people complaining about, you know, all kinds of things. It's okay to, you know, talk about those things, but I just wouldn't air those out publicly. Um, and then if you have anything that you're not super excited for, you know, employers to see, just make all of your, your profiles private. And if you Mm -hmm. wanted to have a personal brand that you're putting out there, then creating a Facebook page for that would probably be, uh, an appropriate uh, action for sure either a professional instagram account professional facebook account and start to grow and, and cultivate that um right definitely especially if you want to do things like speaking in the industry or uh you know have other kind of there's i mean there's so many opportunities uh, for veterinarians in the industry if you want to explore additional opportunities, there's a lot of, it seems like entrepreneurial veterinarians nowadays that are emerging and there's so many different opportunities with tech and, you know, practice ownership and all kinds of things. So I think right. having a brand and being able to express yourself, is going to be very, very valuable um, when you go on out and looking for other opportunities as well. Right. Now, I- I just thought of something which we probably should have addressed in the beginning of the podcast, but, but alas, um, you and I both have marketing background and you're out, you're obviously actively in the marketing, uh, space. Can we define what a brand is? Because I think what maybe some people that aren't familiar or, or haven't had um, marketing background, which is obviously totally fine and, and normal. Um, maybe you just be thinking that a brand is just kind of what we, assume of, you know, the gap or, um, uh, Starbucks or things like that. But can we, can we define what a brand is like, especially in terms of what we're talking about a personal brand? Yep. So a brand is a thing like a product like Chevy or Ford or Coca-Cola. Um, and it can also be a person though. So as a person, your brand, I mean, you have a brand, whether or not you're, you're building it and cultivating it. And so I would say that it's the body of content that you produce as a vet student to get, that's what I would say your brand is. And so if you have no professional content, then you have just your Facebook page with just crazy pictures. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's your brand. And so if you are trying to grow and and cultivate a certain job or um, image in the industry, then your brand needs to reflect that. And so just the, body of content that you produce around yourself and your experience is in my opinion your brand what what would you define it as it's kind of hard for a personal brand especially in terms of a vet student right i think it's to me at least with what i've been trying to do on my own uh facebook and instagram page which are the the main two channels that i use is and really mainly instagram at least for branding is the persona that I want to convey to the public, um, kind of like what's my what's my mo, what's my flavor, what am I, what are, what are my goals and, and what I'm trying to do. Um, so I try to. It's kind of like a, a a theme, like a personal theme. Like I right now, I want to be kind of a um, 
a a leader in the veterinary student community in terms of providing uh, advice via other experts such as you and other people I've had on the podcast or just sharing my experiences. So I, that would be my brand, someone uh, someone that's influencing the the vet student community um, to reach those and, and make it kind of a, a tighter community amongst all the vet students. Um, so yeah, it, it is a great, it's a very hard thing to, to explain. Um, but yeah, to me, I just think it's kind of what is your, what is your goal in, in your social media world, let alone what's your goal in life. So for, for most of us that are, that are listening is, is to become a, a great veterinarian. So, um, that that's your brand and how you convey that is, is the branding. So, yeah, I, so, yeah, that, that, I that's think that's, that, it is a tough one, but I think that, um, you need to intentionally create your brand. And I think too, that being authentic in your branding is very, very important because if you're not authentic, it'll be difficult to convey, um, just who you are and who you're about. And ultimately I think that'll end up, having you be unhappy in your wherever you end up because if some you know somebody hires you based on you know your inauthentic uh branding that you've done and it's not really you and you don't enjoy it then it is going to be difficult to continue that and i think definitely definitely um cool so continuing on that could you give us a few first steps in terms of what we can be doing to, you know, probably all of us already have a set up Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, at least the, the, the vast majority of us, what can we start to do um, to get into this kind of idea of branding for ourselves if we haven't really paid any attention to it thus far? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that having a few things, if you can set up a blog, I think that would be very beneficial um, just for the documentation process. Uh, I think a lot of, well, I guess it depends. As you have to, I think, evaluate yourself on what kind of content you would be most likely to produce. And mm-hmm. so is it going to be audio, like a podcast like this? For most people, it's probably not audio because this takes a lot of production and, and uh, talent. Although there is a new app called Anchor, which is a podcasting app. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Um, check it out. It isn't as high production quality, but it is makes podcasting easy for everyone so it's kind of right. cool um are you going to do video video is an extremely rich content type but the some people aren't comfortable with it or is it written so figure out what your medium is going to be and what medium you'll you'll do and i would say test out a few um i've seen a lot of vet student vloggers and so mm-hmm. they're uh it's pretty cool because they are able to document the process and so i think that if you're not sure what to write about or what to talk about just document what you're going through and um, not necessarily be so concerned with high production value, at least in the beginning, just get started with content creation of some kind. So I was going to say, and I think, you know, in terms of the, that high production or, you know, the editing down, sometimes just having raw video or raw, whatever um, adds to the authenticity. I think so too. And, uh, you know, my first podcast that I ever produced was, terrible like i used the speakers that were in my computer and uh people still downloaded it and listened to it and 
you don't have to have a polished production. I mean, like your pro- production is amazing <laughs> quality. It's like professional quality, um, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the the bar to get started. I think just starting anything is important. It'll help you to, you know, be able to express yourself and see what people interact with. And I think right. with marketing, you're not quite sure what's going to work. I think you have a pretty good idea, especially as you get um, more experienced. But a lot of things are just tests, and you're not quite sure what's going to work. And so you have to be willing to try new things quickly without necessarily having you know, a guaranteed success and be okay with that. So not everything works, and that's okay. That's just part of right. life. Right. Now, what are your thoughts on LinkedIn? Because I know that we get talked to uh, at school a lot about that in terms of making sure that's set up. Um, but I know for me, I mean, my my, my profile on LinkedIn is, is pretty robust and I've got a ton of connections on it, but it's not something that I check every day, let alone every week. I probably check it every two weeks to a month. Um, what's your opinion or, or advice in terms of our LinkedIn usage at this point in our careers. So I think that having LinkedIn is a great resource uh, just because of the searchability of it. You can really s- narrow down and search people that have specific job titles in very specific areas. So if you know you want to live in a certain spot, you can, um, and you want to have a job relatively close, you can search for practice owners or practice managers in that specific area. So it lets you connect with people who might be potential employers when you're out of vet school or people who might have different opportunities for you. And I think that it's not a very crowded space as far as you're not, it's kind of like you, people do use it every once in a while. It's not something they're using every day, but if you send a message, they'll get an email notification that somebody sent them a message on LinkedIn. And so I still, Mm -hmm. I think you can get people to respond with that, that medium. And, uh, it's a good place to find the right people to talk to you. So um, that's why I think it's a really good medium that that everybody should be using who's looking for work. Um, One thing that I think that people don't use LinkedIn in the right way is they just set it up like a really boring resume. And so Mm -hmm. talk about the things that not only interest you, but your work experience. And then if you have content that you've built up, like a, a blog, I've seen vet student blogs that talk about all their experiences and it really provides a professional kind of outlook on their whole brand, who they're about, and you can get to know them that way. Um, I do think that most vet students are in a pretty good position for job opportunities. I I see vet practices having a very difficult time filling um, positions for new vets. That's one thing Uh that I hear all the time. People are saying, you know, it's taking forever to get this new vet position filled. Um, Interesting. And so I think if you just do some outreach in an area that you're you're interested in that you could get a, a job pretty pretty easily especially by targeting people um in that that space and there's a few tips that i could tell you too if you're looking to um add people on linkedin when you go and, and do a connection invitation if you're on a desktop computer uh you have to know their email in some cases mm-hmm. um if you're on the mobile phone app then you don't have to do that. You can just search for people and then push the plus button and it'll send out an invitation and it'll bypass bypass that feature. So if you're running into... nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, if you're running into problems with that, you can just do that really quick and build up a list pretty easily. Although don't do it too much because you will get uh, on probation and that's happened to (laughs) me once before. So, yep. It's just kind of a little helpful tip. But um, one thing too that you could do is you can request... uh, a 
recommendation from people and that'll show up on your profile and have recommendations set up with teachers beyond people that you work with on internships um, and really try to build up kind of testimonials for your work ethic and work product especially if you have a good experience obviously if you had a bad experience you probably don't want that review but um right well, that's a great idea actually because i'm not sure how familiar you are with the the veterinary school curriculum generally across the board nationally but we are required to do quite a bit of externship uh, and preceptorship time with with clinics in the community so I really like that idea of if, if you're comfortable with it and if you felt you, like you've had a great experience at your externship, to have that doctor that's been supervising or working with you during that time to to provide a recommendation um, on LinkedIn. Yep. And so the way that you do that is you go to your profile and then you uh, basically send a person a message on, on their profile to request a recommendation. And then it sends them a message and they can write you one up. Pretty, sim- pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. I would definitely have have that done on on your profile for sure. That's great. Yep. And then just if you can have a a piece of content built out there, the only thing that I would say that might be, well, let me ask you this. How about how many of your vet student friends are wanting or have the goal of owning a practice once they get, you know, Um, some experience under their belt? I think it's, it's less than what I, what I think. I would probably say that within my class, I've talked to, uh, maybe a a handful or two handfuls of people that know right now that they want to own a practice. Um, I'm doing an externship right now, and the doctor I'm working with has actually said to me that she's surprised at how few veterinary students today want to go into practice ownership. I think that she feels that generally our generation is um, is reluctant to kind of take on that responsibility. Um, so at least from from that experience and from from speaking to some other doctors out in the community, I think it's it I think it's less than what I would think. Now that may change once we get out into practice and kind of see the the value in it and and see how it works in real life. Um, but generally speaking, I would probably say that at least within my class, we're looking at you know ten to fifteen percent ish of people that know right now they want to go into into ownership. That's really interesting. Um, that that's a lot less than I thought it would be mm-hmm. too. So that's that's pretty interesting. Um, well, I would say that anybody who's even remotely considering owning a practice in the future should be doing content creation as a primary method of attracting and engaging with clients. And so, if mm-hmm. you if you have those skills, I think that you're going to be very valuable to a practice. The only question is though, you know, if you are if you have all these, these digital marketing skills is that something that you're going to want to be known for so that you actually have to do that in a practice? Do you want to work right. on animals or do you want to be known as the, you know, blogger or the vlogger or the, you know, whatever it is you're known for. And right. so m- definitely maintaining a balance and setting up boundaries with, because if you come into a practice and you have the stellar blog and all of these things and they're like, that's great. You need you to be doing, you know, at least two blog posts a week or, you know, I don't think anybody would ask that of you, but you know, having proper expectations that makes it so that you are doing what you ultimately want to be doing is going to be important for sure. Right. And if you're into doing that sort of thing, which, which is fantastic. And the practice that you go to work for wants to take you up on doing that for the practice as a, as a whole, go ahead and do it if you, if you want to, but at least on a business level, make sure that they, they compensate you for your time. Um, I, I've heard of stories time and time again, that, 
that at least our generation, the millennials that are so good at technology will go into their first job and either offer to do the social media work for the practice or blog for them, or they'll be approached by the owner to do it for them, but they won't ask for compensation. Um, I think what we need to realize as early as we possibly can is that um, time is super valuable for us as, as we already know now, but I, you know, once we get out into practice and we're, running around like crazy seeing seeing uh, clients and patients all day um, you know time is money and and we should not sell ourselves short so that's my little PSA is just to um, you know make sure that they value your time as much as you do and 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 you should get uh, get compensated for it definitely well I mean it cost you a fortune to get your DVM and so right <laughs> that's what you're valuable for um, right at the end of the right. day so I agree with you now, in terms of, of content creation, like you were just talking about, I've had a challenge in terms of trying to think about content that I want to create um, as a vet student. Now, I know that once we're, we're doctors and we're out there, we can we can throw all the content out that we want about cases we're seeing or problems that we're seeing um, and give out uh, medical advice and, and, and things like that. But obviously, as students, we're not really allowed to, nor should we feel that we're confident enough to give out medical advice at this point in our career. Um, so what recommendations do you have in terms of the content that students can can provide or create at this point in our career? I think going back to documenting is probably the best way to actually... So just talk about what you're learning, um, talk about if it was difficult or... You know what what you thought about it talk about the difficult parts of vet school um how you're overcoming those items or you know, just really documenting what you're going through at the time that you're going through it i'm sure mm-hmm. that there's a lot of vets that are speakers now who probably wish they would have been documenting their vets ex- school experience and um you know like you've had dr cody krillman on your podcast and i'm right friends with him and I bet he wishes he would have uh, had the chance to document his vet school experience as well you know and I'm sure he didn't expect that documenting his practice and his work would have been as successful as it has been so you never really know what's going to happen or you know if it's going to be successful so just kind of get started documenting and it'll be really interesting for you to look back on um, and just to see how far you've come for sure. And that is kind of helpful to, you know, especially if you're in such a long process, um, it's good to see the progress that you're making. And just from a personal standpoint, um, be able to look back on really what you've accomplished in a pretty short amount of time. Right. Definitely. Now, speaking of Dr. Cody Creelman, um, and I've got some others in my mind right now, but I wanted to ask you, are there any, uh, are there any veterinarians out there right now or people in the veterinary industry that you'd recommend following on social media to either use as a, a model, a, uh, a source of ideas, or just a, a kind of a, a cool person or, or company to follow right now as, as students? Yeah, definitely. There's a bunch that I can think of. Um, Dr. Cody Creelman's great. His pretty much great on all channels so he's fantastic on youtube um his facebook channel is great his instagram's awesome and also he does great snapchat as mm-hmm. well so he's pretty much pretty well rounded on his content creation there um 
another one that I like for Snapchat a lot is Dr. Belinda Parsons. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Belinda the Vet. It's what I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I'll have to send you a link to it. Um, but her Snapchat is fantastic. Um, she also is on Facebook and is getting more active there as well. Um, Dr. Andy Works' whole team is amazing at content creation. Um, from more of an industry standpoint, it seems, you know, they're they're definitely facing the industry. Well, actually, I'm thinking about, you know, Cody and uh, Dr. Dr. Kilman and Dr. Parsons also uh, create content that is kind of industry-facing as well. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Andy Rourke does create content and does curate content that's more consumer-facing, but they also do a lot of uh, industry-facing as well. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think that if you're looking to create content i think you should pick kind of a side of target who you're going to target are you going to target the vet industry or are you going to target the consumers um because that'll help you a lot um trying to think of some more uh dr dave nickel also has a podcast um that is good it's about um more management and and business side of vet own, uh, practice ownership and mm-hmm. um i think that's a great one uh and then I'm trying to think if I'm I'm probably missing some others out there. Oh, yeah. one that's really good uh, is Dr. Sue, uh, the cancer vet. She's mm-hmm. got a great YouTube channel. I'm and also a Facebook channel that she puts out content that's really really interesting. She's um, both consumer facing and also vet industry facing. So she does a great job of content. And then I had one other in my mind. Oh yeah, um, the social DVM, which is. Uh, is very very solid um that's more business related uh from a doctor's standpoint right um and that's dr caitlin that's dr caitlin wild and she does a great job with her content as well so and i will also add that uh at least for the for the vet student um savma has a pretty good channel um on instagram um, they don't post a whole lot, but what they do is, is pretty quality. Uh, another really great one that a vet student does, and she goes to Cornell, I believe. I think she's getting ready to graduate. Um, her her handle is I am a vet student uh, with with periods in between each word, and she posts a ton, and she definitely gives um, gives a great story to her to her vet school experience. So if you're looking to do something like that, that'd be a great one to to follow. All right, so um, my last question for you today is uh, mainly geared for the the upcoming graduates or anyone that's looking to to find that first job or, or even uh, another job, uh, and that is what can we be doing to to get ourselves out there to connect with uh, potential employers to help us make that connection with them, um, and are there any resources out there that we should be be looking at that are not social media, um, directly related to social media, that is, um, to help us to help us make that happen? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I think that there is a lot of networking that can be done for this. Um, and so one thing that I thought about when you were just mentioning this question is that um, it's a really small community and a tight-knit community. And so 
people in the industry get together all the time with regional groups. Like I'm in Southern California. There's the Southern California Veterinary Medical Association. Um, there's hospital manager groups. Um, they get together a lot. So find out where they're getting together. See if you can come to their meeting and just introduce yourself. Um, that's a, a great way to do that as well. Um, but I think that using LinkedIn for searching is, is really good. One thing that might work too for you is that there's veterinary recruiters who mm -hmm. are constantly posting jobs. Uh, you can find them on LinkedIn searching by job title and message them and see how that works out for you. So I think that if you are putting yourself out there though and networking, I think that you'll have a far better chance of finding the right job in the right spot, you know, not necessarily with a huge commute or, or things like that. I think that a lot of the people that are hiring are a little bit afraid, especially the older generation. They're afraid of the millennial generation a little bit. Right. And so if your body of work kind of overcomes those general fears of entitlement, and this is typically what I hear, entitled, uh, lazy, you know, like all of those things, those old, Oh yeah. Heard old fogies. Yeah. Right. Um, if your your body of work can overcome those objections and then also you are just sincerely networking to expand your your reach and things you know even though you might not um necessarily get a job right away i mean you might change jobs in the future and so just building your network and really connecting with people um is a a good strategy for sure so linkedin and then veterinary recruiters are great i know of one her name is gwen louder that's g-w-e-n-l-o-w-d-e-r you can search her Great. on LinkedIn and, and add her as a contact. Terrific. Yeah. And, and, and I guess my last little point on that, and, and I was really awakened to this uh, when I talked with Cody Creelman about his use of social media. And it really, uh, it really hit a nerve with me in a good way it, is that social media for me is all about making connections with people. It's not necessarily, you know, turning the camera around and making it all about you. I think it's really about the other people. So I really try to use social media and really any any part of of this whole branding aspect that we're talking about to connect with people. And to do that, it really doesn't take a whole lot of effort. It could be just leaving a comment on someone's post or or reaching out to them via a, a direct message on, on whatever channel it is just to let them know who you are, you're a fan of what they're doing and, and kind of get that conversation started. So my, my worry with that is that some of the older generation veterinarians that may be hiring us aren't doing a whole lot of that. But I think as time goes on, and this is a big hope, um, because who knows if it's going to happen is that, uh, the older generation are going to begin to use social media more to connect with people in, in our generation that are coming out of school, um, to make those connections too. So, that's my main goal with, with social media, especially is just to make connection. That's a great, uh, kind of some summation of what you should be doing. Cause yeah, that, that's a huge part. And just commenting and, and saying, you know, I really like your, your practices, Facebook page or, you know, whatever, but starting out with something positive just as to introduce yourself. I think that's great. And connecting and just building your network that way. I think that's fantastic. Cool. Well, uh, one more time, thank you so, so much for, for giving me some of your time to, to do this podcast. Again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of yours. And please, everybody go check out the Veterinary Marketing Podcast, um, as well as Brandon's other social media channels, um, tons of great content. Um, and it would definitely be of good use to you um, once you're out in practice. 
uh, and even just to get some ideas going right now for you before you go into practice, even if you want to be an owner or not. I think it, it's it's very applicable to, to really anybody in the industry. So um, so thank you again, Brandon, for, for all your expertise and, and your insight. This has been awesome. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for your podcast. So once more, I want to say a huge thank you to Brandon Brashears for joining me on the podcast today. He is a terrific resource in terms of social media practices and marketing and, and, and all of that when it comes to veterinary medicine, be it be it you're a student or a practicing veterinarian. I will post all of those different people that we spoke about in terms of who to follow and who to take a look at on social media on on my website. So please go ahead and check that out. And lastly, thank you so much for listening to the Vet School Unleashed podcast. Again, for, for resources and more information about the podcast and what we've talked about today, check us out at www.vetschoolunleashed.com. Also, please feel free to reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. Uh, you can even email me at seth at vetschoolunleashed.com with any suggestions or topics that you have and you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, and even reach out to me if you want to be on the podcast and share some insight of your own. Thank you again, and we will talk to you next time on Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM.